Hello, my friends, and welcome to Jolt and Joe's Wrestling Radio on the Rewind Podcast Network. I'm Jolt and Joe, along with my co-hosts, the new Mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, and the godfather of the Rewind Podcast Network, Terrible Ted. Get ready for some skull-crushing wrestling chatter. Welcome, my friends, to Jolton Joe's Wrestling Radio. We missed an episode last week, but uh, since uh, the engineer is also the boss, I can't say anything. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, I, I, let's, <laughs> let's I, I tell you guys said, who we got out here. Yeah, I actually uh, said I actually said last week on the pod, uh, or yesterday on the pod, like, man, I'm, I'm really pissed off at Apple right now for making a, a crappy recording program in quick time for the screen grab, man. well the guy you hear talking there is the godfather of the rewind podcast network terrible ted we've also got our uh our good pal tyler the new mouth of the south peters and our special guest tonight the incredible the unfindable well i don't know if that's right he's back there somewhere but he looks awesome doesn't he he looks yeah, terrifying it's our, serious, yeah. it's our man how are you my friend he froze up pounds of power and pain brother i oh, love it thank you for welcoming me yeah thanks for welcoming uh, uh me to your uh, uh to your show now we we got to start here. First of all, we got to we got to talk directly to you're looking you're looking way way dapper, scary. Uh into I you know when when you first signed on, man. Uh what was that old 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 movie? In fact, it didn't even have I think it was just music. Metropolis. Yes, I was the Metropolis, Metropolis guy. Dude, I was like, "Oh my <laughs> yes. god." What's happening here? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I was wrestling as the assassin and people would just start chanting Metropolis. So I've, I've heard it before, <laughs> brother. That's it. it. You know what? I'm switching. I'm Metropolis now, you know? There you go. <laughs> Benicius is here. And so we got a four-man team tonight. But we want to talk a little to Benicius first because, you know, he's sitting back. First of all, look at how dressed up he is. He looks awesome. All right. That's number one. Number two, he's he's not working, man. Oh, he's always working, but he's not working. <laughs> and and so we 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 thought it would be Tyler thought it'd be a great idea to uh, to to get get us talking to you and find out what's going on with everything about you and your world and uh, CCW. So we you know we. We sure. want to tell everybody about CCW, and then I'm going to shut up because Tyler, um, he's got a ton of questions. Sure. Ted, he, I don't know. We're lucky he's awake tonight. Cause you, he, yeah, I'm sure you'll 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 bring in some great content for us. So yeah. Time. So tell us what's happening with you, man. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, I'm uh, um, Venetius, uh, and I'm uh, 
a wrestler, professional wrestler for Coastal Championship Wrestling. You know, I'm also a, a promoter uh, um, there in uh, CCW in the CCW training facility. Uh, and man, I've been our students have been sitting at home for uh, a month now, and and we're not be we're not running shows. And you know, it's it's crazy. This morning I was I was there. I took some bumps. Uh, I I still you know my body still feels uh, uh, good, uh, but you know we're scared. No wrestling, man. I know. So really, man, uh, when you got out there today, you know, and you started bumping around, doing all that, um, what's the, the risks of having a layoff and then getting out there and start pounding it right away? Man, wonder, wonderful question, Joe. So, you know, if your body doesn't, doesn't take a bump, if you're not in the ring, if you're not taking a hip toss, uh, and if you're not working for, let's say, let's say 14 days or so, uh, your, your, your body needs to restart the entire process, you know, when you first take that bump. So I always say uh, four to five days, you know, uh, you know, I'm in my early thirties. Uh, so I'm not an old guy, but, but, uh, uh, you know, like four me. or five days. No, man, you're looking good. <laughs> you're looking good. Uh, but four or five days of, of some rest is always good. Uh, but once you get to that 14th day, man, it's like your body has to remember again, like what it feels to take a bump. Uh, you know, what it feels to, you know, come off a turnbuckle or, 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 you know, forward flip off the top rope, whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, so that's the, that's that threshold, you know, four days is perfect for me. If I get four days off and I don't wrestle, I feel great. If I take 14, that's the problem. But, you know, luckily for me, I own the school, you know, I can go there in the morning uh, and I can do that type of things. What I'm worried about is, you know, in a couple of weeks here in Florida, cause we're, we're cowboys down here, uh, we're going to open up and we're going to get yeah. things going. Hopefully everyone's just going to be at square one, you know, six weeks without taking a bump. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let you uh, in on a, a little secret here. I know Ted was going to jump in. I, I, I cut him off there, but I'll let him talk in a second, but you're fired. I just wanted to, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that our, <laughs> our secret weapon, uh, the new mouth of the South there, Tyler, probably has about 50 or 75 questions for you, man. So okay, I, good. Thought, I thought I'd get my little portion in the front and then just no, let beautiful. go here, man. Ted, do you, well, I, I cut you off, so, man, do you want to yeah, jump in here and we'll give Tyler some uh, room? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I work with, a, with an indie up here in Pennsylvania and uh, with ACPW, American Championship Pro Wrestling, and we have a, we have a yeah. school as well. And, um, and I'll tell you what, man, like the, the guys from the school that are kind of working their way around Facebook and like they're all on chats and stuff like that, they're, they're getting that itch at this point where they're like, <laughs> like they haven't been able to, to just get in the ring and bump for, for, you know, weeks now and it's starting to get on them. And I, I told them to go and, and watch the big show's Broken Skull session because in, in that he actually talks about, um, you know, what it was like to take a bump, you know, a big bump for the first time right. in, in like two years. And right. he, didn't, he didn't get really a chance to get, you know, to get in the ring and to do stuff beforehand and, and how crazy it is, you know, you know for, for someone, someone that's been doing it long enough, um, you know, it, it's, you know, your body kind of kicks back in and kind of knows what to do at some point. But for, for kids that are coming to the school, you know, I worry about the guys coming to our school at a ACPW as well, man. So I feel that pain. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I was just talking about this with uh, Pablo Marquez who's my business partner and he's the head trainer at uh, CCW. Uh, and I was talking about talking to him about this this morning is I had a bunch of injuries that were just there. They're just nagging mm -hmm. injuries. My hip, 
uh, my knee, uh, my ankle, all these things that are just there that I've been wrestling through, you know, for God knows how long. So you, when you do get a little bit of this time, I was like, man, my hip feels good. My knee feels good. Yep. My shoulders feel good. So there's that aspect of it too. You know, I'm not a young guy anymore. I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not 22 anymore. I'm not 23 anymore. So, you know, it, it's definitely, I'm, I'm excited for that aspect that I actually got some time to heal. Uh, actually, I, I broke three, uh, 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 I broke three ribs um, in Colombia like two months ago. But this morning, um, I took a uh, I took a back bump, and I was like, my ribs actually are healed. You know, like they they weren't <laughs> fully healed, and now they're finally healed. You know, so. Wow. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's crazy, man. Well, I'm glad you're feeling. I'm glad you're feeling better, and that the you know the aches and pains are kind of melting away a little bit, man. Yeah. Tyler, what you got, man? What do you got, Tyler? Lay it on me, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, Vinicius, I tell you, Ted brought and Joe brought up great points as always. Uh, how important is the YouTube channel? You know, I know you guys are getting back to uh, wrestling, which is great, but how big and important is that, having that content for Coastal Championship Wrestling? I mean, you guys have a great production. You've had some big names to come through there. Can you tell us more about that, your content that you got out? Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a great uh, great question that you asked uh, about the YouTube channel because during the beginning of this uh, pandemic, we we never um, we never had a, a YouTube channel and and wrestling for sixteen years or I'm sorry, running CCW for for sixteen years as a company, uh, we had uh, Antonio Banks was MVP is a world champion, uh, one of our world champions, Dustin Rhodes, uh, the Tokyo Monster uh, Kahegas who's NWA, NWA Triple uh, Crown champion, and they have tons of matches. Uh, D'Lo Brown, the Dudley Boys uh, came in uh, during their TNA run for you know four or five matches a year, and we had a huge DVD library that was sitting there. You know, and people in South Florida knew who we were. Uh, you know, but we needed to get out, get those matches out there to the masses. So, you know, we put out a cage match with uh, the, the inaugural CCW uh, um, championship match with MVP versus the Blackheart. I have when MVP won the title next Thursday, that's going to premiere. And then I have queued up a ton of matches from CCW because what all, you know, by giving those matches away for free, all it's going to do is bring more attention to a promotion that, you know, we run, we run 12 times a year, uh, big shows 12 times a year. So, you know, uh, uh, it'll bring as much as we can, you know, uh, you know, to show the lineage of our titles and that type of stuff. So that YouTube is huge. YouTube is replacing television. So where in, in the 1980s or 1990s, people are bought, uh, uh, people, Vince McMahon is buying a, a, a network time across the country. Well, you don't have to do that. You can go and put something up that gets 10,000 views, 100,000 views. Uh, one of our, uh, one of our, um, you know, bigger stars, he jumped off a 20 foot ladder and on his, on his YouTube page, I think it got like 600,000 views, 500,000 views. And, and that was one of the things I was like, man, we're just, you know, we need to bring that attention to CCW. Uh, and, and we are now. So, you know, classic matches, editing newer matches. And especially with the fact that during this uh, COVID-19 uh, epidemic pandemic, who knows when wrestling fans are going to come back? Who knows when we're going to be able to put five, 600 people into uh, our gymnasium? You know, we're, we're expecting we're going to have to run, you know, school shows, 120, 130. So what are we going to do? Let's film the shows. Let's make the students excited about wrestling. Let's make our local guys excited about wrestling. So that's kind of where we see the future of wrestling and, and that YouTube channel will be a, a major part of it. Well, it's kind of cool to know that you have, uh, have kind of a game plan that you guys are thinking about what you need to do. Um, and, and, you know, you've been around long enough so that, uh, there's history there and that, but to have that game, that backup plan, that plan B, that plan C, 
who knew we'd ever be in a situation like this, you know? It's, yeah, it's horrible. You know, it, it's, it's, it's one of the worst things that I, I've experienced in my life, you know, and, uh, it, it, but it's a little bittersweet. I, I just had my, uh, my first child, a daughter, seven weeks ago. Congrats. Uh, and oh, congratulations, so my man. Thank you. I never would have been able to see her. I would have been working. I'd have been on the road. I'd have been at, at the school. And so, yeah. you know, in a, in a horrible way, like, obviously, you know, this is a horrible thing, but you know, I was able to spend a month, uh, of, of, you know, with her as much as possible. So it's, it's bittersweet, you know, it's amazing time too, when they're that young, it's like, wow. She, absolutely. Very cool. Um, Tyler, man. Why don't you jump in there? Because, you know, we never let him ask enough of his uh, 3,000 questions. <laughs> Lay it on me, Tyler. Yeah, I, I was lucky to have 3,000, maybe three. But, no, I, I'm teasing. Man, these guys are so nice. What I was going to ask you is, Phoenicia, uh, is, is can you tell us about your background? I mean, you're starting into the business, into wrestling. Can you give us some details about that? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I'm a uh, – I'm, I'm a, I was born in Brazil, um, and, uh, but I, I came to the U.S. at a very young age. And um, uh, I started uh, training in, in Chicago uh, with a company that doesn't exist anymore, PCW, uh, you know, Joey Scarpone and, and those guys briefly. Uh, I came down to uh, South Florida I'm in the construction business, uh, and that's when I met with uh, Dan and Pablo, and then it just kind of clicked. For I knew as a kid that I wanted to be a, a promoter. You know, obviously, as a wrestler, you know, you, you can do – some battle royals here and there, but you really need to commit, you know, your full time to go out there and, and to, to be who you are. Uh, so, you know, I decided I was going to be a promoter from a young age, but uh, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And then six months ago, I was working uh, under some different masks and, and, you know, not, not getting myself to what I should have been committing to. Uh, and then about, about two years ago, I really committed. And about seven months ago, I was in an airport. I was booked in, um, was booked in uh, Bogota, Colombia. And I got to meet uh, uh, the WWE um, announcer, uh, Spanish announcer, uh, Hugo Savinovich. And he oh, was big cool. in Puerto Rico. And he's, he's an amazing guy. And he saw me and he's like, look, you're six foot, you know, one and a half, you know, and you're, you're 350 pounds at the time. He's like, what? Why do you just go and lose? So you shouldn't be losing. He's like, you're, you know, you're, you're not who you are. And at that moment, he said, you know who you are? He's like, you're Benicius. You're the Brazilian destroyer. And you're not uh, Puerto Rico, uh, two-on-one matches, just destroying people left and right. Uh, and then uh, uh, similar to where, you know, a guy like Earthquake, if you guys remember, you know, or, or King Kong Bundy, uh, you know, once I find, once I find a baby face who should be able to beat me, then, you know, you get a big rub off of, uh, uh, you know, a guy who's destroying people left and right. But uh, that's, that's basically been the trajectory. And, and then, of course, you know, promoting is just has been the best part of it all. You know, obviously, I love wrestling. I'll always love wrestling. But the, the promotion aspect is, you know, uh, the creative aspect of promoting, the commercial aspect of promoting. And then even the operational stuff, you know, has just been such a blast. So that's basically my journey. Uh, and then I, I owe it all to Pablo Marquez, you know, in, in terms of really training me to be a wrestler. He's a world-class trainer. He's our head trainer. Uh, guys fly in from Chile, uh, from, from Panama. From, people come from Mexico uh, before they get a tryout for the WWE and they stop at CCW because uh, if, you, if you guys know, you, you work on the right side in, in, in Mexico and the U.S., you work on the left side. Mm -hmm. So when people need to learn how to work a U.S. style in Mexico, they come to Pablo Marquez. And so you have those guys like Hugo Savinovich. Uh, you have those guys like, uh, um, man, I mean, plenty of guys from, from CMLL have come through our doors, trained with us before their next stop is, is uh, um, um, you know, a, a WWE tryout or wherever, wherever they're going to go. So man, 
I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't realize that I wasn't really trained until Pablo Marquez trained me. Mm. So, you know, it's easy. It's an easy sell when, when you have someone who wants to learn to be a, a professional wrestler in Florida, because everyone in the world pushes their people towards Pablo. So me as his business partner, it's like a dream, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. That's awesome. I think I answered that question. I don't know. I, I sometimes I ramble a, a little bit, but no, I mean, that was awesome. That, that was right on, man. That was right on. I, uh, I have a quick one for you here. So I, I had a chance to, to take a look at uh, a clip you posted on, on Twitter. And by the way, we'll have uh, all the, we'll have your Twitter handle and everything posted in the description Beautiful. for everything. And we'll link the YouTube channel and everything like that. So if, if uh, people need to, to find out where they can see Venetius and stuff like that, you'll be able to find that in the description below. Uh, you know, I had an opportunity and you're just, you're choke slamming people and giving people huge slams and, and, and man, you're, you're moving, you're really moving. And, um, you know, you've been in the business for, for, you know, a number of years now, you, you talked a little bit earlier about the, the nagging injuries you had. What have you found that's been like the, the recurring, this is, this is going to bother me for the rest of my life thing, because I, I haven't been around a whole bunch of wrestlers, especially this last year or so where I've kind of gotten into the business at the announce table. And I've been, you know, I've become friends with a lot of guys. Um, everybody has that, that, that one injury that like, that's always going to be their thing for the rest of their career now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I have a, a pretty big one. Uh, I had a, um, a patella tendon uh, rupture in my left knee that was a year, a year and two months on the shelf. And I know like, even when I do a forward roll, like uh, this morning I went and I, I did 50 forward rolls uh, because when you tuck your hips and you do that forward roll, every time I land on that left knee, it's like that little bit of a twinge and it'll never stop. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that I love or one of the things that keeps me going is Vader had that same injury. So I think, look, if Vader can have that injury and then, then become Vader, then go to Japan and murder those guys and stick <laughs> a bunch of people and hurt some people, then of course I could do twice as much, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I, that's the one, you know, that my knee injury, and I don't like to, I don't like to uh, uh, say that a lot because if my opponents, uh, my opponents see that they'll go right for my knee uh, from now on, you know, and, and that'd be bad news. But yeah, that's in my left knee, uh, a ruptured patella tendon from geez, eight years ago, nine years ago, playing football, actually not, not uh, uh, wrestling, but, but you know, that's, um, that's my, that's my thing too, man. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a martial artist. I've been a martial artist my whole life. I'm a fifth degree black belt. Um, and <laughs> the, the most serious injury I've ever had was I, I cracked my ankle. Uh, I, I broke, I had a spiral fracture of my fibula from playing rugby in my freshman year of college gym <laughs> class. Yeah, that's always how it is, right? That's it's right. always, <laughs> I go out there and I fight people full contact. Right. And I don't get hurt, but I get hurt right. playing rugby. But if you, you go know? play basketball, you're like, you know, yeah, you're going to crack your ankle or something. It's always like that. It's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. I took a, a, a backdrop off of a second. Well, I think I, I think I broke, I broke three of my ribs uh, taking a backdrop off a second rope, I think. But in reality, I was working for a company in uh, Columbia and the ring was just solid. It was ridiculous. Like it was like, it was bumping on concrete and uh, we have great rings at CCW and all, all the guys in Florida all have the same rings, you know? So man, it was like, bam, like no give. Uh, and then uh, I took a backdrop off the second rope and then I knew like something was horribly wrong and I didn't want to go to a, a, a hospital in Columbia. I was like, I'm going to die of hepatitis if I go to this hospital so luckily my flight was the next morning but I couldn't breathe you know I couldn't breathe I was my back was spasming it was it was a terrible injury uh but I wrestled through it like it was you know it's one of those things where it was there 
you know, and, and a, being a guy my size, you know, thankfully I don't have to bump, bump a lot in my matches. Right. So, so, you know, I was able to get through it. I think that will po- possibly be a nagging thing, but it felt good, good today. But, you know, it, it, you, you have to just make sure you take care of your body as much as possible, you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, otherwise you have nothing, right? Yep. Well, it's, I mean, you mentioned, uh, um, Vader. And I think one of the biggest issues in later career for him is the weight, you know, that he just had way too much weight on, uh, you know, even a guy that, um, talented, you know, if you're just carrying too much, man, it, it wasn't a good thing. That's for sure. No, no. And, and, uh, it, it remember when he, when he called himself a fat, uh, fat piece of crap, right. On, on raw. That was horrible. I remember as a kid, I was like, why, why are you saying that? I love Vader. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I was, a, a shoot three fifty. So they would say, you know, I'm like three eighty five, Uh, and then I'm down a lot. And it's funny because Pablo saw me and he's like, you, you have to stop losing weight. Uh, because you're not a monster. You're not going to be a monster. You're going to be a regular looking guy soon. Uh, but in reality, it's like, it's been a godsend, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get down. I, I, I'd like to get down. And, and as I transition, you know, probably in another 20 years out of the ring, you know, I, I think I can wrestle 20 more years. Uh, you know, Goldberg can, can win the championship at 53. I can, I can wrestle on, I can wrestle for CCW or, or in Puerto Rico when I'm 50 years old. But uh, uh, from that point on, man, I definitely got to, I got to trim down because your body can't hold, you know, so much weight, 350 pounds, 320 pounds, um, mm. you know, 300 pounds uh, for that long. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you, Phoenicius, going back to your training school, what advice would you give to a lot of the young wrestlers wanting to break into the business? I mean, just that to me is interesting. I just wanted to get yeah. you perspective on it. Man, that, that's a great question, Tyler. Uh, you know, I would say this is before you, before you go in and sign up to be a pro wrestler, make sure you actually want to be a pro wrestler. You know, come four times a, a week, uh, come on the weekends, uh, ask for extra time, and, and really uh, push yourself. Come early, set up the ring, uh, stay with the guys afterward. Look at the guys who've been there for years and ask them, where, you know, where, do, where should I go? What should I do? And just being in there training four times a week, uh, you know, that's something there are guys that come once a month and they pay their tuition uh, and they go and they set up the ring and they're not in a a main card match or they're not. And it's like, okay, I understand we're busy, but if you really want to be a pro wrestler, you know, it's not, it's actually this, it's actually this, when you're born, you're a pro wrestler or you're not a pro wrestler. That's the real truth of the matter. Okay. So if you want to be a pro wrestler, like you have to wait, you know, if you saw, if you see wrestling, that's it. You want to be a wrestler. You don't. So, just to be as committed as possible, get there. And, and, and also understand that on the, on the promotion side, I mean, there's not, there's not a ton of money being made every single show. So come and and bust your butt and help and, and pay your tuition and do your things so that when you're done, uh, uh, you know, your trainer goes and books you at 50 different places and gives you a good uh, um, uh, a recommendation because that's how it's done. Because no matter how good you are, you need, you need someone who's in the business, who's a great trainer to, to be able to call five or six or 10 different people, whether it's in this country or, or in Japan or wherever and get you booked. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to do. You really have to, you have to come to Jesus and say, Hey, am I a pro wrestler or am I not? You know, that's the real reality of the situation. That's, that's so right on. My gosh. Um, and I think, I think that's true of, of, 
you know, lots, you know, almost any profession, you know, but, but really something as physically demanding as, as what you do. It's just like, you know, if, if you're not in it a hundred percent, get out, you know, and exactly. I, I've seen some people and I've called, you know, I, I'm no stranger to, to pissing people off. So, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, you know, I call, I call people out, you know, someone will ask me how their match was after a show. And, you know, I'm calling commentary for the show. Someone will say, how was my match? And I'm like, well, listen, man, uh, you blew it get out like don't come right. back please like, you know, you know, like, it was really hard to call your match because i had to make it interesting for you you know um you know and, and those are the people that that again they show up once twice a week to train they they don't you know they aren't pulling their weight they're gonna yep. hurt somebody and and it's just it's, it's crazy absolutely crazy you know i uh i had a i had a quick follow-up to that though um you know, we have a, a very small school for the uh, for American Championship Pro Wrestling, oh, mostly because it only started about a year ago, and then with awesome. you know with everything that's going on with COVID, it's been it's been a little bit crazy. Um, you know, how many guys do you see, guys and gals, do you see come through there uh, at CCW? And um, you know, t- tell us what what a basic training regiment looks like. Um, you know, and and give us just kind of a, a an overview. Um, I know we have to take a break in just in just a, a couple of minutes here, but give us an overview. You know, let's let's get people some ideas about what it might look like if they walk in the sure. door. Sure, it's it's a great question. So we have 26 active students um, at CCW, uh, and then we have probably about 13 or 14 like kind of former students who are still still coming, you know, coming to class and and working. This is a lot, a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. and it's 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 you know, you you come into class, uh, you shake everybody's hand. Uh, you get yourself ready, get in, the, you know, you, you, you stretch out. We all stretch out together as a team. Um, and then we start, we start doing our roles, which in wrestling, it's like, it's, that's your grail, man. Like roles is wrestling. So, you know, forward roll, uh, uh, back roll, three quarter roll, right. Three quarter roll, left, uh, handstand roll, handstand bump, uh, tiger roll, forward flip bump. Uh, then we'll take two bumps, drop kick, and then we'll move around. And then the then the training starts. Then we sit down and say, okay, so uh, newer guys will be uh, uh, working, uh, you know, whether they're still learning to lock up on the outside, if they're still learning to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the basic stuff on the outside. And then, of course, some of the guys will, will, will come together and say, okay, we're working on this and, or X, Y, Z. You know, I'm working on a match. Uh, we're working on a tag team match. We're working on uh, uh, bigger moves. Uh, sometimes we'll work on the crash pad but you have to kind of segment it out because you have three and it's really difficult to manage those guys with guys who are, you know, a Will Austin uh, or, a, a, you know, an Alex Ocean uh, or, our, or our champion agony who are going a million miles a minute. You know, you, we have guys who work in MLW. We have guys who work, who worked in NXT. So uh, in the pre- pre- prelims in NXT. So you, it's really hard to work with those guys, but also guys starting on his first day. So really, you know, working on the outside, then eventually you'll you'll get in the ring, you'll hit the ropes. Uh, but for, from day one, you got to roll. You just got to roll. So you know, uh, uh, Hindu squats, 100 Hindu squats, 100 push-ups, uh, a stretch, and the rolls. And if, if you're at home and you want to become a pro wrestler, here's what my my advice is: If you know I want to go to wrestling school, and you're 16 years old, you're gonna wait till you're 18. Is do 100 squats every day when you wake up. Uh, maybe not every day, maybe five times a week when you wake up, go and do a hundred squats and get your hips, get your quads, get your thighs ready for, mm-hmm. you know, being a professional wrestler. Wow. That's, that's a great overview, man. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, for that. it really is. I was uh, thinking there about uh, se- sequencing too. At what point do uh, wrestlers uh, begin to 
put together sequences is, you know, is it two months, three months, five months? Does, I have no idea. No, everyone is, everyone goes at their own pace. Okay. Uh, you know, there are guys like uh, uh, Pablo loves, Pablo Marquez loves to do this. I, 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 he doesn't like for me to even break kayfabe. You know, he's a guy who's old school. Uh, so he's going to hate that I, I, I'm going to mess up his little secret here. But one of the newer guys always does this. We're doing it. We're, we're working on a super basic move. He'll take him. He'll come. He'll shoot him off. And he'll just go uh, back body drop. And he'll come and he'll go for the – and the guys who are going to do well already know. You put your hands in the back and you're going to – he doesn't actually back body drop them. But the guys who are, are going to take it six months to eight months – are baffled. You know what I mean? They're baffled. They don't even know. So you have guys who've been watching wrestling their whole life who kind of know, like, okay, how do you take a back body drop? How do you do these type of things? So those guys, man, I, I've seen guys do really well in like battle Royals or in the ring in um, eight weeks, two months, you know, like, like pretty mm-hmm. well. And then I've seen guys that are a year uh, that are just not getting it. But you know, those guys, some of times they'll get, they'll, maybe they'll break out. You know, I'm not an expert in training. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, uh, you know, but, but some of the time those guys will break out and do well. And sometimes they won't, you know, so, you know, it, it depends. It's really your, if you've watched wrestling your whole life, if you're, if you really want to be a wrestler, you get some of those things, you know, how to punch, you know, how to throw an elbow, you know, how to sell, you know, how to do some of those things. Uh, you know, we do it as I did it as a backyard wrestler throughout my whole uh, childhood. So you do those things. And some people are, you know, they're going to take longer. Well, Phoenicius, I wanted to ask you, who is a maybe a dream opponent? I know it's kind of fantasy booking, but who out of all the promotions would you like to work with? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was I was very close to wrestling uh, my my dream opponent. Um, you know, I don't know, but he almost died on the TNA uh, locker room floor a couple months ago. So was in talks about you know my dream match was uh, with uh, Scott Steiner. Yeah, and sure. then when I saw that, obviously I love Scott Steiner. He's a, I, I love Big Papa Pump. But uh, when I was when I saw that, it, it hurt me in multiple ways because you know that was that was going to happen. Uh, that being said, other than that, man, uh, uh, I would love to wrestle. Uh, I'd love to wrestle Brock Lesnar. I'd love to wrestle Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Not a lot of people, a lot of yeah. people like give him a lot of heat. But man, he's a he's an amazing specimen. He's legit. And uh, I'm I like to be snug in the ring, and I I know he's snug. Uh, you know, if, if it's a, anyone who's alive or dead, Bam Bam Bigelow, that would be number one. I, I'm, I just rip off Bam Bam Bigelow and I rip off Vader and I rip off Earthquake. So I just be in the ring with those guys at, at any point in time would be a dream. And then of course, losing to Hogan, uh, uh, at a WrestleMania, uh, would be, uh, also a dream, but that would be, you know, if, 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 if the universe, you know, uh, was perfect, but, uh, would, it would be Scott Steiner and I hope he recovers so that I can, you know, stiff him and choke slam him yeah. and, 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 and destroy him. What did you think about his uh, his brief stint with the NWA? Did you get to, get to see that? Bro, you know what? Very briefly, I I love anything Scott Steiner does. I love I love him in TNA. I love everything he does. And even time, like people have have showed me stuff that they said is in bad taste that he's done in the past. Uh, I just love it anyway. I love everything he does, and, <laughs> and that is my dream still. So you know, even uh, when he he cut that promo with that big dude. And he's like, we're going to give, uh, we're going to sleep with the girls and then give the guys SEDs and stuff. That was <laughs> whatever Scott Steiner decides to do. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> that's perfect, man. That's perfect. Keeps everybody off balance. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's know? awesome. Well, um, 
let's say we uh, have a little bit of fun here and go to uh, one of the main things that we've always done. It's kind of our little round table. Hey, what did we see this week? What did we like? What didn't we like? Uh, uh, why is Ted so cranky? Uh, <laughs> it's called I have an eight month old brother. <laughs> there it is. I never, we never have to ask that question again. I, I'm, I'm going to start since my name's on the marquee here. I got to ask you guys, did you happen to catch SmackDown last week? Uh, I caught well, the majority. Hand I, caught, if you I caught the majority of it. Okay. Well, majority. I'm going to the end, and that was <laughs> Triple H. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going right there. Oh man, that um that segment what? hurt my soul, man. And I listen. What, what I, and what? I am. I'm a click mark. You know, like I, I I am just like I am a mark for anything having to do with those with those five guys. Um. I think that Triple H really legitimately might be the most uh, prolific person um, in the business. Yeah, I think I think he had the perfect balance of being able to do everything. Um, uh, he might be second to Sean. They're pretty they're pretty neck and neck, and I can say that in a little bit of certainty because I've been watching all these early two thousand pay per views where all they did was fight each other and make each other bleed all the time. You know, um, you know, but but. Man, that segment was just – it was rough. It was really oh. rough. And that, that led into – and this is where I do my shameless plug. I'm sorry, Vinicius, you'll, you'll get used to it over the next couple minutes here. No um, on the pod that, that actually came out today, so we're filming this on Thursday, and I, I published an episode right before we got to filming here. Um, Mike and I talked about the rumors that the WWE could be sold to Fox or ESPN and how that's kind of – being fueled even more by the XFL thing where they lost 300 mil. And the fact that the story came out a couple of days ago that they're just giving releases to anyone that pretty much asks at this point, because they're so in the hole. And, um, and, you know, with all of that and all of those stories, the common thread is that Vince just doesn't care. And I think that came through a whole lot when he came out and just started firing off and talking about things that he would have never talked about even two years ago, let alone 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you know, he would have never no sold himself on the gobbledygook, you know, and the giant egg. And, um, and I, I think that he just doesn't care anymore. And I, I'm afraid for what happens to mainstream pro wrestling. If, if something like this happens, I don't think it will. I think that he'll come off his ledge and, you know, everything will kind of stay where it is. And that's kind of what I think everybody hopes. But, man, that segment scared me. You know, I I enjoy deferring and, well, listening to, but then deferring to uh, Bully Ray, uh, you know, on Busted Open. Uh, I try mm-hmm. to listen as often as I can. and um, But he and, and LaGreca uh, basically said, well, you know what? You wanted something different. You get something different, and you complain. Not, <laughs> obviously not to me. That was a little too different for me. And I think we're all used yeah. to picturing Vince in a particular way. And who knows? They may all have said, hey, guys, let's just have a good time with this. But it, it seemed out of character for Vince. The, the other guys, no, you know, it was – 
it was a frat party. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But right. Uh, so that was the confusing thing for me. And I had to disagree with them in that I didn't need it to be that different. <laughs> you know, yes, I like change, you know, but I didn't need that. I didn't need that. Well, it, it's hard. It's hard to watch wrestling without a crowd to begin with. But like to yes. to get so far away from conventional professional wrestling or the sporting event, the feeling of it, yeah. I think was what shocked a lot of people. I didn't see the whole segment. I saw some parts, and the parts I saw, I just my mouth was like, I was I was shocked. So who knows? You know, I I, I think if the WWE is sold, it could be a, one of the darkest days in in wrestling history. You know, or who knows? It might be a, a new renaissance in professional wrestling, but. I, I heard those rumors and, and, and it seems like it might be true, which is insane. You know, Dirty Dutch wouldn't do, do us wrong, right? Yeah. Man, crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Tyler, anything? You want to add anything? Or did you even get to see it, actually? Well, no, I got to see it. I, I'm, oh, just gonna say, I'm just going to say this. Vince, though, you just never know. I mean, he, you remember, he, he can play that character well. It may seem out there, but... Hey, he's almost, you know, Ted, with all due respect, I know you're the godfather. Well, McMahon is sports entertainment's godfather. He's pulling the strings. So don't, that's the thing. You just never know. And I'm being serious. I mean, Vince just psychologically may be playing with us, the fans. I mean, you know, he may just, that's just my perspective. Um, I I think there's some validity to that, but I also think that, um, and this again came up on the podcast. So I'm kind of like reiterating things that Mike said to me about this a little bit, but um, you know, Vince is always a little bit emotional when it comes to retirements, anniversaries. Like he, he always breaks out of that McMahon character that we know that Mr. McMahon character. And he becomes Vince a little bit in those moments. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that that's, that's fine. You know, I think, I think it, it shows that they're human beings and they care about each other and they, you know, they, they are a quote unquote family, you know, but, um, you know, in, in in Paul's case, you know, if we're talking about the shoot family, you know, that they, they are family. He is the father of some of his grandchildren, and yeah, yeah. and he's contributed a lot to keeping the WWE relevant and keeping Vince's pockets lined in the last fifteen years. You know, we and, don't know if he sees it that way, though. Well, no, but, I think there's for sure that that has to be the case. But I've heard he doesn't see it that way. Continue, yeah. No, I mean, uh, and, and I'm, I'm happy to hear what you have to say about that because I, I, you know, from my perspective, it's just like, you know, maybe maybe it was just like, I'm just completely done. I'm in effort mode anyway. And, and I'm just going to go out there and have fun with my son-in-law. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I feel like that's, that's kind of maybe where we're at. But, but I mean, what, what do you think, man? Well, uh, there's a couple of things. You know, we, we actually have NXT trainers who come to CCW uh, and they work out with Pablo and um, they show us kind of the performance center stuff. And, and so we sometimes, I sometimes get a vibe. Uh, and before COVID-19, um, there was a, a gentleman who's going to be hired. He's out of Texas. Uh, he's going to be hired as a trainer there. And uh, he came down afterward and he said the vibe just was great. He said like it's the NXT, the performance center is awesome. Uh, the people are, are awesome. Uh, uh, they have uh, main roster guys working with regular, you know, NXT guys. Uh, and a lot of that stuff was all positive, but that was before COVID-19. And, you know, it reminds me of a story, um, you know, from WrestleMania 22 of uh, uh, someone I work very closely with uh, who was fairly close with Vince McMahon. And what he would kind of explain was when, when Vince McMahon was away from 
his normal, you know, the, the normal, the wrestlers and, and his, his, his group of people, you know, all that stuff about, he doesn't like sneezing, all that stuff about like that, whatever. He is a completely different human being. Like he is, he seems very like, uh, um, he explained it to me as such that he would bury his, his face in his hands for 15 minutes and lay like, uh, you know, sit in a chair, like you know, upset about something. Right. And pondering, like long, long things of pondering. But as soon as he would walk into a meeting, or as soon as someone, you know, in, in, you know, of importance would come around, he snapped immediately. Shoulders would come up, no matter how tired he was, no matter how upset he was. He was always ready for business. So, but when you're 72, 73 years old, yeah, and you've been maintaining yeah. that for incredible hours, and and they talk about the those crazy hours. Those are true hours. Like he really does stay like till two yeah. o'clock in the morning, apparently. So you, you do that eventually. The, the, the reason why it scared me, the whole, you know, Dutch Mantel coming out and saying it's going to be sold or whatever is because if you're doing that for years and years and years and you're 73 and then something like this, you know, you, you think that the XFL is going to work and you're losing whatever, you know, whatever, uh, $30 million. I don't know how much it lost, but you, you, that loses that money. And then you see, you know, people trashing the, your product on, on television and you see uh, a new uh, uh, AEW rising, you know, not really a, a financial threat, obviously, yeah. you know, but who knows what's going on with a Fox deal. That scares me that like a guy who's been going through like, and then, and then like you're saying, something's off. So maybe it's, we've all have our moments where we've just had enough. So maybe that's where he's at. I wish, I hope he would look at Triple H or he would look at guys who I know are doing really amazing stuff uh, uh, at NXT in particular. And he can say, you know, my daughter, my granddaughters, uh, Shane McMahon's uh, 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 children, his grandchildren, like, you know, you have something that you can build an incredible legacy. He's a billionaire already. How many billions of dollars do you need? You know, like his great, great, great grandchildren will not have to work. Yeah, so <laughs> why do you need to sell your company? You know, you, I'm sure Triple H doesn't want to sell. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm talking out of my butt, but but I'm sure Triple H doesn't want to sell. I'm sure these people want, want to maintain the, this, this amazing thing. Why wouldn't you just say, okay, you know, like, why wouldn't you, why would you need to maximize another billion dollars? You know, that's what I, what I don't understand, but it's scary. And, and, and from what I've heard, it's, it's, it's might be legitimate, which is unbelievable. Only time will tell now. Only time will tell. And what will Disney do with W? What would Disney do with WWE? <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, what would they do? Go there. <laughs> Yeah. I almost I made that there, my friends. Cinderella I, 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 I almost made that the picture. I almost I made that the thumbnail for the for the YouTube release. Employee. I'm sorry. Yeah, see that right there. <laughs> Walt Disney Records, 50 years. Oh man. Uh, I I can't go there. Sorry. <laughs> I won't. It, and you'd be bored to tears. So we'll move right on from okay, that. Okay, go on. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I do want to say uh, I always like to pull some positives. And uh, for uh, a number of matches now, I think Charlotte Flair has once again proven that she is she's a master. Some of the best matches uh, last night with uh, Mia Yim. I again, I thought it was a wonderful match. Yeah, uh, they're doing everything right with her, and she's doing everything right for them. You know, so um, you know she's in NXT. 
Well, there you go again. One of the best parts of NXT last yeah, night. I, 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 I agree. I agree. I, I love Charlotte. I love how she's, she seems like she just has a presence that just dwarfs everybody else. I think she's the best yeah. women's wrestler in the world. So put her on NXT and, and see if she can, you know, uh, work against AEW. I thought it was a good idea. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's been fun. Yeah, for you sure. You guys want to bring yeah. something up there, some, uh, something uh, that you saw this week that you liked? So I didn't get to watch, I didn't get to watch everything um from last night but the uh something i made sure to watch was drake maverick's match you know obviously all the stuff going on with him and i'll tell you what man i've always been on that guy's bandwagon you know since since he was since he was an impact and he had that match with ec3 where he made ec3 look like the smoothest worker in the world (laughs) you know um you know he rockstar spud has been my guy you know i i really enjoyed him i think that his work is incredible i think that he can do just about anything he wants to do in this business if if he isn't handcuffed, which, you know, is one of the things that we often hear about WWE is that their people are handcuffed a lot of times. Um, you know, that match that, that he put on last night was a clinic. It was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. And I really uh-huh. enjoyed it. And, um, you know, a lot of people said on Twitter, you know, between last night and this morning, well, the Cody, you know, the Cody and, and Darby match was better than Drake Maverick's match. Why is everyone talking about Drake Maverick? And I was like, well, was it though? Was it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, uh, I, I like the guys in AEW. I think that they're putting on a great product. I think that, that their shows are energetic. Um, and that they they have that very indie on steroids feel, which I'm all for because I think that there's something new about professional wrestling with that, and I think that'll get them the the audience that they need to be long term success you know long term success successful I guess is the way to phrase that. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like some of the stuff that they've been putting out these last three weeks has been below what we expect. I think of them, and that frightens me because. That same kind of thing. This is like, I feel like AEW is WCW on steroids because WCW had that great grace period too, but it was a lot longer and COVID didn't help, you know? <laughs> yeah, no no crowds is the worst, man. It's so hard. It's so hard to, I can't even imagine writing a show or, or, or you know, with nobody there. I mean, I've, I've done yeah. it before, but not on national television. So right. like, uh, uh, it's scary, you know? But, so I, you kind of have to give them a pass, both companies a pass for the for the yeah. product for the most part uh, a, one little insider thing so uh renee michelle who's uh, uh you know rockstar spud's wife yeah. uh, she used to wrestle for for ccw so of course when i when i heard they were released man i i shot some emails out like immediately like we need to get you guys down i want it no answer at all zero answer so mm-hmm. i don't know if they're just busy or they're just ignoring ccw or it's a work and they're you know they're still working there you know i'm i'm just saying you know i don't know any all i can tell you is i sent an email and i didn't get a response so you know yeah i think it's i think it's a work for sure yeah i do yeah gotta be it's got i mean at this point like if it wasn't a work leo rush was announced for the tournament too right so if it wasn't a work and they were just letting Rockstar get the payday for a couple, you know, while he was under his no, his nine, ninety day no day, you know, ninety day no compete, then Leo would have had right. the same opportunity. This is a work. <laughs> right. It's a work, I, and 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 it's 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 kind of 
crazy that when you release somebody, he cuts the best promo he's ever cut. That's, that's what you should look at your product and say, okay, like let rockstar spud cut a promo. Let, um, uh, no way Jose cut a promo. No way Jose cut a great promo when he was released. I've never seen him cut a great promo. So, you know, it's, it's like, you should think for a second, like, man, these guys are great on the microphone all of a sudden, you know, yeah. take the handcuffs off. Oh man. Right. So now here's, here's the thing, um, between Ted and I and, I don't need to be an AEW fan, okay? I go into this as what's entertaining me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know you, at least I think you do, you dislike the squashes that have been out there over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, we have a monster with us. We have a monster among, amongst us. And you need squash. Yes. So yes. I said that last week, all right? But but what number one, they got some people in the audience. Yes, they're right. wrestlers. Two uh, example of of that interaction, Britt Baker pulling her shoe off and clocking Cody. Nice. I like this. I like they finally found something cool to do with Britt Baker. Finally, you know? So yeah. I'm going to say that I liked both shows last night. The, um, the, uh, uh, the, the tournament was mm-hmm. not as exciting to me, you know, just didn't mean as much to me, but, uh, but it, I would give a slight edge to AEW. Only again because I get pulled in to those characters, and there was MJF, you know, again with his his nonsense, hangnail, hangnail, yeah, you, you know. And but my last thing I want to say because we're getting low on time, and we got to give Tyler's a minute here. Come on, Killer Cross, Please. forget about that carrying crap. I'll go along with it, but bring him on. He's he's going to be a star, man. And, and I'm not saying he's not already, but this is going to be big for NXT. I think. I think so too. He'll he'll relate to the NXT uh, audience. I think. Yeah, he'll work. Yeah. Go ahead, sure. Tyler. Jump in there, brother. You you're quiet. Come on, mouth yeah. of the south. No, I, hey you man, I'm, I'm learning, man. I, I get knowledge. They they say I'm too nice. What I'm going to add is the the main events for both shows. I think. For me, won it. I mean, I'm going to start with the North American title. These guys are doing cruiserweight stuff. I'm going to get, get excited here. He is limitless, bask in his glory. I mean, Lee can just, and Damian Priest can fly. They can do all this innovative stuff. I could watch those guys and put uh, Dajakovic again. I mean, put him back in there with them. I mean, they just keep impressing me, and there's a reason why they, they put that title on Keith Lee. I, I get it now, the more I watch him. Not only can the guy do power moves, but he's doing all this high-flying stuff. He's versatile. The facial expressions, to me, sell a lot in wrestling. We talk about the kayfabe, the psychology. I think Dustin Rhodes is the natural. He's doing some of his best work even now. I mean, he was great mm-hmm. with Gold Dust. Lance Archer is a monster. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I hate I didn't get to see his Japanese matches because I know he's reinvented himself there. Two Texas guys. And to me, it, it worked because, you know, Dustin's not much 
shorter than Lance Archer. You forget he's six seven, so it matched up well. And those guys were flying all over the place. I mean, the backflip, I thought he was going to do Undertaker old school, but thankfully he did out of respect to Taker. He did the backflip moonsault. So my takeaway is just two great main events. I thought they both did very well, NXT, AEW, with a lot of matches, but especially to close the show. You know, that's what I, I'm going to add to that. So I was getting a little excited there. I, God rest me and Gene. Yeah, uh, watch uh, uh, Lance Archer and uh, Will Ospreay in Texas okay. in that G1 match. Like, yeah, I was there. Go. I was there. I was row four, like, freaking out. I, I don't even like wrestling anymore. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was loving it. I was loving it. So. Right, right. You know, the, the only thing that – the only other thing I, that I feel the need to add, and it's because I didn't – we ended up not being able to get it on the air from last week's show, really, is the fact that I hate the damn bubbly bunch thing, man. <laughs> it's – it it's been driving me insane, man. Like, listen, Agreed. listen, your heels be heels. Like, I had a Twitter argument with a guy today. Guy was like, and he's like, he's a guy that's that's getting back into wrestling. He was a wrestler, and then he's getting back into it. I forget what his name was, but he he and I were talking. It wasn't like a, a heated thing, but I was like, listen, people want to be told who to cheer and who to boo a little bit, right? We can all like who we want to like, and that's fine. But we want to know who's supposed to be the bad guy. And when you have these guys that are supposed to be bad guys, you know, up there doing all this, you know, stupid TikTok style stuff, trying to get themselves over and they can't do it. So they bring in Lou Ferrigno with a taser, you know, what? get, get out of here. <laughs> like, this is awful. Stop it. Just stop. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say one thing. And, and you know, I'm, I'm always for the heels. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, there's a, you can be a jerky heel, you know, you can be a jerk. And one thing that I think is going to come out of, not, not the bubbly bunch thing, eh, you know, but one thing that I think is going to come out of this is Sammy and, and, uh, and Jericho teaming up. I think that's going to again reinvent uh, Jericho. Because they can, I think they can both be jerky. They can mm-hmm. be like sex yeah. gods or whatever you want them to be. So I like that. Anyway. Yeah, for but sure. It's good. It's good. That part's good creative. But I agree with uh, with you too because um, you know it's too too jokey. You know, you can be you 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 can you can be funny like, but but now you have Jericho coming out and they're singing Judas, and it's like he used to really push it to get booed. It seems like he's moving in that direction. Maybe it's a hint of a face turn, but, you know, it seems to be, uh, you know. But I also agree with the tagging with Sammy Guevara. I think they're both both good. And you have the old veteran and the young guy and, you know, give him the rub. Yeah, and, and someone uh, – Cody said, said this, and I had said it a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying that Cody stole it from me or anything, but he might have. <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, the thing is that Jericho is AEW's Hogan. He is. He's the big fish that got brought in to make the company a name, you know? And even when Hogan turned and he was Hollywood Hogan, he was still getting cheered because he was Hogan, right? Jericho's always going to get cheered because he's Jericho. And so people singing Judas and whatever, like I get it for Jericho. But now you're trying to do that with these other stars that are in your group that you're trying to give the rub to and they're supposed to be getting heat. And they're not, right? Like, Jake, he's not getting heat. The only reason he's getting heat is because nobody wants to watch his matches. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. He's improved. He's, <laughs> he's gotten a little better since his world championship run in WWE that lasted a minute. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Hey, we are running out of time. I know, Joe, but I, if it's okay with you, I would like to, uh, to bring out the bucket, if that's all right, my friend. Ah, yeah. All right. We go right so, ahead, my friend. So, Venetius, when we got into quarantine, I got my ghetto bucket out, and I made a thing called Love the it. bucket list. And Love uh, it. in here, I've got, I've got 40 different topics about wrestling that I've written down okay. on little slips of paper. And so I'm going to give you one and we want to get your thoughts on it to close out the show here. Perfect. Let's pick something out here. That'll be good. What do we got? What do we got? All right. This one, this one will be good for you, especially because we talked about some of your bump stuff earlier. What is the worst bump you've ever taken? Oh man. Uh, it was in practice. Uh, it was learning how to take a, um, uh, to go over the top rope backwards. Uh, and I always want to do the cane thing. You know, where you hook your arm, you land on your feet. I always want to do that because one of my big things is, you know, 330 pounds of power and pain. There's not a man in this building who can beat me. No, there's not a man in this building who would take me off my feet. So it's like, you know what? You know, you, you get these little guys in South America, you know, f- you know, five foot three, you know, 130 pounds, and they're coming at me. So I always wanted to do this thing, you know, take a double drop kick. Don't even take the bump. Stand back like, uh, like Kane used to do. Wrap my arm go over backwards and land, you know, on your feet. So I'm doing that over and over and over again. And I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm too bulky. I'm too fat. I got to be stomach. Uh, and, and, and the worst bump I ever took was, uh, it was, it was Pablo Marquez giving it to me. Uh, I anticipated the bump come up. Uh, I come up, uh, uh, over the, uh, top rope, uh, before he can even, uh, you know, lay his, uh, his uh, clothesline in flip over. And I go stomach first right into the apron all 350 pounds of me at the time. I had a hematoma. I had internal bleeding. Like my entire front side of my body was black and blue and purple. Uh, oh. It's the worst bump I ever took. And then uh, I wrestled all, all day and uh, I came home and I'm like, man, this is like really freaky. The next morning it had spread from like my abs down to like my crotch into my thighs. Ooh. And uh, uh, my, my girl was like, you know, you look like your dad. That was the worst thing ever. It was painful and it, it hurt for, for a month. And I, I still, I still had to wrestle, but it hurt for a month. That's the worst bump. That's, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Joe, you, uh, you want to take us out, my friend? Yeah, well, I want to thank everybody. But Venetius, man, it, come back. Come hang with us. Anytime, man. I'm sitting in my house all day. I'm in the pool all day, man. You just let me know and I'll be here. <laughs> All right, my friends, Jolt and Joe's Wrestling Radio, we are out of time, which is a shame because we could probably do another three hours here. I want to thank our special guest, the mighty, the awesome, the vicious, Venetius. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you so much. I really it appreciate really it. It was a blast. Great fun. Really appreciate it so much. Absolutely, man. Tyler. The yeah. mouth of the South. He had the question of the day today. He was the man for he sure. Did. Where's the tape? And, and, <laughs> and every week you work it in, my friend, and you're so mm. good at it. Every week. <laughs> and, you don't want to put me over? You don't want to tell no, me I, that I I'm do. the man? It's Joe's Tiki Bar. It's his Tiki Joe's Tiki Bar. <laughs> no, perfect. Oh, no, man. Tyler, every week you get better, my friend. 
<laughs> I, yeah, but he's not putting me over anymore. Something's wrong. <laughs> I used to give him a hard time about putting me over, and now he won't do it anymore. So Tell him to get the headset over. back on. He'll pop it in your ear. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Radio. And finally, the man, the myth, the legend. That's what Tyler will always say about me. So we'll just say the godfather himself, our engineer, and uh, our protector, the <laughs> mighty, <laughs> terrible Ted. Hey, thanks, everybody. We appreciate thanks, guys. so much. Hope thanks, you enjoyed it. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. See you Bye. soon.